Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Psalms, chapters 22 through 24, called The Shepherd Psalms. Essentially, as the people walk by the cross, they're wagging their head and they're going, you who said that you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, you who claim to be the son of God. Yeah, you're the son of God, huh? Come down from the cross and we'll believe in you. You're a joke. That's what people did. They walked by and they mocked him. They ridiculed him. They spit upon him. And if you had the power that the Son of God had at the cross to send those people into eternal hell at that moment with a word, what would you have done? You can call me a worm. I'll make you a worm. I'll send you a place to a place where the worm doesn't die. And you can, you can figure that out for the next couple million years. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't repay evil for evil, insult for insult. Peter says, while being reviled, he didn't revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. This is 1 Peter 2, 23 and 24. But he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you were healed. That's what the psalmist is talking about. That's what Jesus goes through on the cross. Yet thou art he who did bring me forth from the womb. Notice how he he will go back and forth from his pain and sorrow and suffering, the reality of what he's going through, back to God, back to his hope, back to the author and perfecter of his faith, And this is what we do. You know, there are times when we go up and down. Amen? I'd like to say that I'm just this perfectly smooth sailing individual. But that's not true. Now, I want to become as consistent as possible, but life goes like this. And this is how we can feel. And the psalmist shows us that he wrestles with his reality, but then goes back to God. He says, yet thou art he who did bring me forth from the womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, he says in Psalm 139. Thou did make me trust when upon my mother's breast. Upon thee I was cast from birth. Thou hast been my God from my mother's womb. Or as Jacob said it, you have been my shepherd my whole life. And so when he hits the low, he goes back to God. He says, this is what I do know. You had a plan for my life. Even from my mama's womb, you called me. You separated me unto you. You showed me your mercy and grace. And despite what I'm going through right now, I will believe. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. You, please be near, because trouble is near. And there's none to help. Psalm 27.9 says, Don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. Don't abandon me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. Psalm 27.9. 
In Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. A little bit more about what Jesus went through on the cross. Many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan. Some believe that Bashan refers to the Gentiles or the Romans. They've encircled me. There are scenes uh, as Jesus goes through his trial and they put the crown of thorns upon his head where they're encircling him. And the, the language could mean that there's hundreds of soldiers around Jesus doing the mock coronation the mock bowing, hail, king of the Jews, hitting him with blows in the head, forcing the crown of thorns on him. That's probably some of this language here, even around the cross. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening or in a roaring lion. You know, Satan is described as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Spurgeon says the bull is the emblem of brutal strength that gores and tramples down all the before, all before it. That was Clark. And this is Spurgeon. The priests, elders, scribes, Pharisees, rulers, and captains bellowed round the cross like wild cattle, fed in the fat and solitary pastures of Bashan. Full of strength and fury, they stamped and foamed around the innocent one and longed to gore him to death with their cruelties. Close quote. And right now we have trouble on our streets, don't we? And we are seeing scenes around our nation that are so troubling and so heartbreaking. And many of us are asking big questions about what do we do now and what should the church do and how do we pray and what are the action steps that we need to take? And the Messiah went through that. He says, I am poured out like water. 14, all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. When Jesus was about to die, the night before he died, he said, this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. David writing of the Christ says, I am poured out like water. He says, the, my blood will be poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 26, 28. His life, here's the picture, is draining away. Uh, so much blood loss just from the beating that Jesus took with the whip prior to the crucifixion. All my bones are out of joint. Not a bone was broken, but Jesus was all messed up. You could imagine from everything he went through. The language of my heart is like wax. Many believe is referring to Jesus' ruptured heart. And even though Jesus gave up his spirit from the cross, it was uh, a Roman soldier who thrust a sword into Jesus' side. And many believe it pierced the pericardium, and that's why blood and water gushed out of his side. So some have said, you know, uh, I guess poetically, Jesus died of a broken heart, but Jesus gave up his spirit, but certainly his heart was pierced, and some believe this is why you have this language, my heart is like wax. I'll let you think about that one. My strength is dried up like a posture. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. Crucifixion victims would have dry mouth and, of course, going through the horrors of death. And thou dost lay me in the dust of death. Just like Adam was told, when he sinned, he had come from the dust, and to the dust he would return. So the last Adam experiences 
the dust of death. And he does die. And he does go into the tomb and comes out, of course, as the prophecy says, but Jesus does taste death for each one of us. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He did this in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to only go halfway. I'm going to cover the portion of the lament, and it'll take us up through 21. There's a few more things I want to show you. In verse 16, more uh, emblems of the suffering and um, mocking he takes at the cross. Dogs. In the ancient world, dogs ran in packs and largely ran as scavengers. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. And then this amazing prophetic word, a thousand years before Jesus was crucified, they pierced my hands and my feet. Some of you may notice that there's an asterisk next to um, the idea of piercing, and uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But let me just say to you that it would appear that the uh, Persians or possibly the Assyrians invented crucifixion, and then the Romans uh, adopted it. Um, in fact, there's, when we went through the book of Esther, we see that they would impale people on something like a cross as a uh, death instrument. So this was picked up. Uh, but remember that when David's writing in 1000 BC, it, it would seem that crucifixion has not even been invented yet. So to have a prophecy that says they pierce my hands and my feet is amazing. And this is exactly what Jesus experiences. Now let me just share with you why there's sometimes an asterisk next to this. The Masoretic Hebrew text of Psalm 22, 16 doesn't say it pierced, it says as a lion. Yet the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, written in about 250 BC, completed about 250 BC before Christ, long before the Christian era, renders the Hebrew text as saying pierced. This is Boyce. While the Masoretic text shouldn't be casually disregarded, there is good reason to side with the Septuagint, the Greek version, and almost every tra other translation here. It may even suggest that the Masoretic text was deliberately pointed in this direction in the way it was by later Jewish scholars to avoid what otherwise would be nearly inescapable prophecy of Jesus' crucifixion, close quote. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. 
Walking Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And this is exactly what Jesus experiences. Now, let me just share with you why there's sometimes an asterisk next to this. The Masoretic Hebrew text of Psalm 22, 16 doesn't say it pierced. It says, as a lion. Yet the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, written in about 250 B.C., completed about 250 B.C., before Christ, long before the Christian era, renders the Hebrew text as saying pierced. This is Boyce. While the Masoretic text shouldn't be casually disregarded, there is good reason to side with the Septuagint, the Greek version, and almost every other translation here. It may even suggest that the Masoretic text was deliberately pointed in this direction in the way it was by later Jewish scholars to avoid what otherwise would be nearly inescapable prophecy of Jesus' crucifixion, close quote. So in other words, what is being said there is that there's a translation of the Hebrew here into lion because the implications, if the word is rendered pierced, my hands and my feet, is an unmistakable prophecy of crucifixion. And if you don't believe that Jesus can be the Messiah, you don't want it to say that. Everybody with me? And so that's that why we might see the bias in the, um, the way that this is rendered. And, you know, the way you read it, lion doesn't seem to work there anyway. But with all we've already seen, uh, whether it's pierced or lion, it's almost secondary because notice what comes next. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing, they what? They cast lots. More amazing prophecy, Matthew 27, 35 says, when they had crucified Jesus, they divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots. How would Roman soldiers know what Psalm twenty two eighteen said? You think they read their Bible? I don't think so. But they were fulfilling prophecy because not one word of God will ever fail. And this is the amazing Bible that you hold in your hand, oftentimes, sadly, by many American Christians, often unread. 
often unstudied. But this book is the very living word of God. And a thousand years later, they would cast lots for Jesus' garments in precise detail of a fulfillment of a prophecy a thousand years earlier. That is the power of the word of God. But thou, O Lord, be not far off. O thou, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. And then a note of positivity here, (laughs) which is going to lead us into our next study in Psalm 22. Thou does answer me. The wrath of God was the sword that fell on Jesus. He took the vengeance, uh, representing all men, if you will, as our substitutionary atonement. He took the sword. It came down on, on him so that we might be saved. And here as he cries out, the Father is going to hear him and he is going to answer him. Verses 20 and 21 reach the end of the first part of the psalm, the lament portion. We'll get into the celebratory section next time. As the plea goes heavenward for his soul and the enemy animals are named again, words like deliver and save are cried out. And God does answer him. The end of verse 21, thou does answer me. And I would say, oh, sweet relief. (laughs) In our uh, tough times, when God seems distant, he's not. He hasn't moved. He's still on his throne. Amen. And I know we're, brethren, I know we've gone through a crazy five, six months, right? This has been wild. There's been like nothing I think most of us have seen in our lifetime. And we're like, oh, Lord, what is going to happen next? And where is the world going? And, and we felt maybe, you know, maybe this resonates with you because you're like, this is worse where I've been living. Well, here's the good news. Just park here for a second. Thou does answer me. God will be faithful to complete what he started in you. Amen. He who began a good work will complete it to the day of Christ. I won't always understand what he's doing. (laughs) I don't understand all the twists and turns and ups and downs, but I know he's my good shepherd who laid down his life for me. Father, thank you for uh, this time in your word. This is some incredibly rich content, powerful, medicinal, (laughs) all about the prophetic picture of the cross, which would happen a thousand years later by the greater David who so loved his people. This is what he went through. And we get some glimpses of the suffering servant of God at the cross. What he was thinking, what he was praying, how he was feeling. It's an amazing insight. It's a a look behind the veil. And it's a powerful one, Lord, because it helps us understand that you know what we go through when we feel alone and abandoned and when the world uh, is such a crazy place and we have question marks in our soul and sometimes wonder about where you are and where we are. 
but you haven't gone anywhere. And I pray tonight we will re-enthrone you upon our hearts. We don't make you king, you are the king. We don't make you Lord, you're the Lord of lords and king of kings, but we can make you our Lord when we decide. With your head and heart bowed in these closing moments, don't let a moment like this pass you by. If you've not met Jesus, if you don't know this suffering servant and this triumphant Savior, if you are not sure, God forbid, if you died tonight, you would be in heaven, make sure. He is a prayer away. Something this simple, but this profound. Lord Jesus, and I want to encourage you to pray this if it's you. Lord Jesus, please save me. Thank you for what you suffered on that terrible cross. Thank you for taking my place, for bearing my sin and my punishment, for taking the wrath of God for me. Thank you that you did it because you loved me. Thank you that you were willing to go through all that terrible stuff we, we read about tonight because you so care about my soul. You're the shepherd and guardian of my soul. I turn my life over to you. I repent of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior, and I ask you to be my King, my God, my Savior, my shepherd, my friend. Guide me, Lord. Teach me how to follow you, how to walk with you, how to trust you, how to bring you glory with my life. Father, thank you for those who have opened their hearts tonight, maybe rededicated their lives to you. Thank you for the wonderful saints that are here tonight who know you as their good shepherd and just needed some encouragement tonight to hang in there, uh, no matter what they may be feeling tonight, to know that you are going to finish what you started in their lives. Thank you for this church uh, the beautiful body of Christ, the wonderful, faithful leadership. Thank you for the churches across Southern California tonight, the many ministries, the many people of God that are fighting the good fight of faith and all really across our state. Lord, we need a revival desperately. We pray over our political leaders. We pray over the coming election. We pray over the church to awaken, to be revived we pray for healing of our marriages if they're in trouble. We pray that we would repent of our sin because judgment begins in the house of God before it goes out to the world. So would you help us, Lord? Thank you that you walk amidst your people. Thank you that you're always strengthening us and giving us grace that we don't deserve. And I pray that you fill us up with your joy tonight, your love, a peace that passes understanding. And we just be just, uh, just cozying up close to you, Lord. As we close in this final song, I pray we'd experience the beauty of your presence in a fresh way and that it would carry us through until we're together again. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to The Shepherd Psalms, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's first sermon in Psalm 22. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or parts one or two, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to honor you as our listener and put you on our show. Would you call us and leave a short voicemail about why you listen to Walk in Truth or any words of encouragement, prayer, or blessing you'd like to say to your fellow listeners? 
Simply call 844-48-TRUTH and leave a short message. Again, please call today because we would love to highlight our listeners. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we think about the first part of Psalm 22, we think about the great sacrifice Jesus made. And the psalm is going to transition to a celebration of what it means that the Messiah died for us. So stay tuned for that. It is going to be a wonderful time to dive into God's Word. Hey, thank you so much for partnering with us and praying for us at Walk in Truth. It's very special to know that you're there and that you're telling a friend and you're hopefully being blessed by the content of this program. And would you pray for us as we move into 2021? We're excited and we're excited to spend tomorrow with you, New Year's Eve in Psalm 22 and to dive in more to God's majestic word. God bless you and we'll see you right here. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too, or give a one-time end-of-year tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or... You can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's second sermon in the rest of Psalm 22 called The Shepherd Psalms. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.